0: Grady's service had found a vantage point under the canopy of a cluster of white cedars and sat on a low bluff watching the dark riffle through his thermal imager. Four individuals on the far bank were using long spinning rods, methodically arcing long casts across the gravel. They would cast, reef and reel, reef and reel. The classic yooper salmon snaggers twitch. Testosteronal splashes told him they were using not lures, but spiders, large treble hooks with one-ounce chunks of lead soldered to them, a jury-rigged grapple used to foul hook the Chinook salmon trying to spawn on the gravel beds below. It was cool, first light, clouds rolling over, a hint of rain in the air, and he had watched at least six fish snagged, hauled to shore and stashed. As it began to grow lighter, the snaggers gave indications of calling it quits before anyone could see them at work. They had come in at 4 a.m., two hours ago, and had worked quietly and efficiently the whole while. While they collected their gear, Service moved west, hopped and slid down a century old log slide, and made his way across flat boulders to the far side of the river. He cut east, climbed up into the woods, and searched until he found the carcasses of kings, gutted, eggs stripped out, meat tossed aside. Odd, he thought. They took only the eggs. Most snaggers took the whole fish. The snaggers were walking ahead of him, hiking east in silence toward the campground. The group's oral discipline and demeanor suggested they were professional violets, not amateurs, Violet was service's term for violators of fish-and-game laws. The campground was nearly empty. In years past, during this season it was usually overflowing, but two-dollar-a-gallon gas and a stone-dead economy were keeping downstate fishermen closer to home this fall, and mostly he was encountering homegrown outlaws. The four people went to a pale blue recreational vehicle and carried their gear inside. They had worked and departed in silence, good discipline, all signs of a veteran crew. He gave them a few minutes to settle in, approached the living quarters door and knocked. It opened immediately and a light came on. The man before him had matted gray hair, more salt than pepper. He had bright blue eyes, an almost cherubic face, wisps of whiskers on a receding chin. What? The man asked, squinting like he had just been awakened. "'Sir, would you please bring out the fishing gear and the salmon row you just took inside?' The man studied him, started blinking wildly, and broke into a huge grin. Hoy nani," he said. "'No fucking way. I can't believe this,' he said. "'It's you!' "'Sir, please step outside.' "'Okay, okay,' the man said." "'stepping down to the ground. "'He looked to be early forties, "'gaunt, leather-skinned, spry. "'You don't remember Benny?' "'The man was stalling. "'Get the others out here with their gear, "'all of it, right now. "'I'm not going to repeat myself.' "'The man yelled something in Russian, "'and there was muffled scrambling inside. Three teenage girls emerged carrying rods. "'Service looked at the man.' Russian. He probed his memory. He had once threatened to ticket a 16-year-old Ukrainian immigrant. Had to be more than 20 years ago. The boy had been serving as the lookout for a shining crew, his job to blink a red light if he saw a game warden coming. He had failed. Service had wrenched the light away from the startled boy and put him on the ground in almost the same motion— The crew had hired the kid in Macomb County, offered him fifty dollars in cash, some cheap booze, and cigarettes for the weekend. The kid had been petrified, and service had let him off with a warning if he would agree to testify against the others, which he had. But the others had pleaded guilty and paid their tickets without protest. The kid had been spared court and a ticket.